0: hello hello and welcome to soul soup i'm marco sidlin and i lost my voice this week um if i sound a little funny it's because i just got home from an amazing 10 days in alberta at the calgary stampede i went with five of my best friends and platonic soulmates and we had a blast There was a lot of cowboy fun, a lot of exploring in Banff and Lake Louise. We had a lot of really good times and special memories, and my cup is feeling very full. And it is with that full cup that I am very excited to share today's episode, which is a new little sub-series for Soul Soup that I want to call the Soul Soup Book Club. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm a huge reader and that reading and books are really important to me. And I think that one of the reasons they feel so special is because I like to catalog a lot of my life through the books that I'm reading. I can associate different books to different times of my life, and I can feel connected to a lot of people in my life through books, sharing what I'm reading with my mom, with my aunts, with my friends. That's something that keeps me so connected to them, being able to read the same books, to know what we think about them, to share books with annotations in the margins, makes me feel like we are experiencing the same mental and emotional journey through the reading of those books. This is not a sponsored podcast, but that's one of the reasons that I love Goodreads because I think it's so fun to be able to see who's reading what at what time and what everyone thinks of what they're reading, to be able to read the same things and share those thoughts and to be able to look back on my year at the end of the year in December and think about my year through books. And I think summer is a really particularly special time to bring up this new series because summer reading is so much fun. Throughout my life, my local library in Portland, Oregon was such a special place. My mom would take my sister and I there as kids and let us fill up tote bags as heavy as we could carry them with as many books as we could. And since we were kids, we would participate in the summer reading at the library, entering all of the books we read each summer into their contest and maybe winning some prizes which is a great way to motivate kids to read, but it also ended up being a really special way for me to remember my childhood. One thing that I'm going to remember a lot about my time in Stampede was the book I was reading while I was there, which was Circe by Madeline Miller. She also wrote Song of Achilles, which I remember fondly reading last summer. And it's a very fun summer reading book. It's fantastical and mythical, not too heavy, perfect for the summer season. Of course, while I was at Stampede, I didn't spend my entire time reading, but I did read to fall asleep. I read in the sun a couple of times. And to me, reading feels like a perfect mental vacation. I've often said that reading makes me feel like my brain can unclench. I think it's a really important way that we can learn important skills of empathy. I remember reading uh, Horton Lays an Egg as a kid and becoming so emotional when the bird comes back and takes the egg away from Horton. I remember crying at maybe five, six years old because it felt like such a grave injustice. Reading books is something that teaches you what it might be like to experience that walk of life. For children, reading develops that skill, but I think it does in adults too. I think it connects us to other people. Reading fiction can strengthen those skills of empathy, whereas nonfiction, memoirs, autobiographies can show us other life experiences that are so different from our own and help us relate to, the, to humanity and to the human experience. Reading other nonfiction that's not about people, but maybe something scientific or what have you, can really teach you about the breadth and depth of knowledge that exists in the world. I just really firmly believe that reading connects us to humanity, and I think that because I see reading as this connective tissue for humanity, I would be remiss if in this podcast I didn't bring reading to the forefront every few episodes just to talk about what I'm reading, different genres of literature, how I'm being touched by books, how my friends are being touched by books, and to see if we can learn a little bit more about the human soul through the content that we consume. So in this short but sweet first episode of the Soul Soup Book Club, I brought a few friends on to talk about different stories that have shaped them. I believe that stories come to us at specific times and in specific ways and can really impact who we are as human beings. So to explore that topic a little bit, I brought on my friends Montserrat, Chris, and Isabel to talk about three different books that have shaped them. Montserrat talks about the book Acts of Service by Lillian Fishman. Chris talks about his experience reading Harry Potter as a little kid. And my friend Isabel talks about Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. I really hope you enjoyed these conversations. They were so sweet. Um, You'll be able to hear in my conversations with Chris and Isabel that we were sitting in the car on a rainy day just gabbing. And you can hear the rain in the background a little bit, maybe a little bit of traffic in the background. So I apologize if that's distracting, but I actually love those interviews because I think it really contributes to the cozy feeling of reading in the rain, which is something I personally love to do. So I hope you enjoy these stories and that they inspire you to do a little reading. I also want to remind you that if you're looking for something else to read this summer, you can check out my blog, which is soulsoup.substack.com. You can also follow the Soul Soup Instagram at soul soup Pod, And I highly encourage you to share this episode with your book club. And if you don't have a book club, I welcome you to mine.
1: to value love yet not rely on it heavily because the world of excessive freedom in which we have been made would not foster the long-suffering loyalty that life required. We were encouraged to care deeply about the state of our world, but our ability to affect it personally was very much in doubt." As a forestry major, to me, this encapsulates what I view. like. When we try to act for climate change, like we do care about, and obviously people have their own, like, I guess, movements that are big to them and feel bigger than what we can control. So for me, it's climate change. And I obviously love our earth and I want to protect it. I think our generation also is a generation of activists and people who care about, lot and do so much yet also on the other side of things our generation loves to joke and be like well we're gonna die soon and things like that so it's this kind of conflicting ideas of being like we really want to change things but also things are so messed up that what's the point
0: yeah yeah and then I would been thinking about in this process, like how certain words sometimes capture us differently at different times. Mm-hmm. Like, hearing a passage like that maybe 10 years ago wouldn't have resonated when you weren't studying conservation mm-hmm. and being so actively involved in student spaces. Like, do you have thoughts on that? Like, why th- in this particular season of your life this passage was so moving for you or stuck with you so much?
1: It stuck with me just because I'm at that point in my life where I'm trying to figure out what I'm passionate about and what I want to do and I think like in a way I resonate with like we're encouraged to care deeply about the state of our world but like not be affected personally and to me I think I don't want to be attached to like certain dreams or ideas because I'm so young anything could happen in my life that it's like ooh I don't want to care about that too much because then if it doesn't happen then I won't be super devastated by it. So the best way to like approach it is to be like nonchalant about everything.
0: Mm, Yeah, which like, obviously, I think our our generation kind of does that on the whole. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like the economy of not caring. Yeah. And then it's like, how is that? producing anything of value for any of us either emotionally internally or even externally in terms of like our creative output and our impact in the world Mm -hmm. like it's it makes me so sad because like it's
1: cool to care but it's also uncool to care too much though like you have to there's almost a, a limit on how much you can be affected by things or yeah care about things
2: The scar had not pained Harry for 19 years, all was well. So, okay, I'm going to, like, preface this by saying, like, it might kind of seem a little bit basic, but for me, it's not exactly what the line itself means, but it's what it signifies Mm -hmm. in general. So this is the last line, spoiler alert, of Mm -hmm. Harry Potter um, and the Deathly Hollows, and it kind of, like... The whole, like, the line signifies the end of the whole series. And the reason it was so important to me was because, like, Harry Potter was the thing that got me into reading. If other books can kind of, like, put these images in my head and, like, be really vivid, like, as much as Harry Potter was, then it kind of, like, helped me continue, you know, wanting to read. It's just, like, the whole world of Harry Potter for me was, like, just meant everything it's kind of it's also like i think a lot of people can relate to it it's like harry potter or any kind of like fiction world is like i guess in ways like an escape and it's also like teaches kids to like be more imaginative and i feel like be more creative and also like be more yourself i guess i don't know and so the line was important for me because it it signified like the end of like an era
0: Well another thing that strikes me about that passage like I can picture you just as a kid getting to the end of this like whole long series like the first book series you've ever loved and to get to that last line like all is well that's like such a world that you've been invested in and then to get to the end and have the last line be like all is well just feels like um I never read those books so I didn't know that that was the last line but that feels like something that would be a little bit like profound that like your young mind could take with you like this reflection on like the end of a journey like everything ending well like is that something that has any meaning for you
2: honestly yeah when then that last line kind of just gives you hope in a way like it it, it's bittersweet because it's like it is the end of an era and -hmm. I think that's why it also is like significant to me it's the end of an era which makes it really sad and kind of like you know, just, like, you don't know what to do next. But then it ends off with the all is well, like, mm. like a high note in a way. It's, like, it just kind of signifies, like, hope, I feel like.
0: So is the nostalgic value, like, part of what makes that line, like, stick with you so much?
2: Yes, definitely. Definitely the nostalgia. I think because Harry Potter transcends, like, time for me. Like, I could read it as a kid. I could read it now. I don't get bored of it.
0: I just wonder if you could like speak a little bit to like that sense of nostalgia and almost like the inner child in you that is still like being stoked by that line when you read it again now. Like, is that something that resonates? Like, is that part of why this line is so impactful for you? Like, does it speak to like a young you?
2: Honestly, yeah. I think because I don't like, okay, life is like, as you grow older, like, life does kind of become more. I guess complicated in the sense that you're like faced with way more responsibilities whereas when you're a kid like you really do have more freedom in terms of like your imagination and you can just kind of like just live there's like no nothing really you have to worry about you know and I think like for me in terms of nostalgia like looking back at like that line and also just the whole book series too is like it reminds me like oh yeah like this is like a kind of a safe space, I guess. Like, you know, it's like home in a way.
3: Love is a quiet, reassuring, relaxing, pottering, pedantic, harmonious hum of a thing. Something you can easily forget is there, even though its palms are outstretched beneath you in case you fall. Well, the whole book is about love. Hence the title, and it's about like l- love in your twenties, and it focuses on more than just romantic love, which I feel like a lot of people my age focus on just romantic love. Your l- love is what like keeps you going, and it's the mm-hmm. love from your friends and your family, and even strangers, and the love that you have for yourself, um, which is just more than romantic love. And I don't think people need to define themselves by romantic love. Um, And also, like, love can translate into so many different relationships and feelings and things. You mentioned, like,
0: specifically, like, love in your 20s. And I've been, like, thinking about this idea of, like... Um, how sometimes words find you in different ways at different times and like yeah. if you read something 10 years ago it wouldn't have oh, yeah. the same resonance as it does now like Absolutely. do you find that with this passage like that it fits into your life and grips you in a different
3: way yeah I actually think also just like the whole topic of love has like been a very big topic for me in the past nine months and I feel like I've been devouring a lot of content on love and just like coming to a lot of realizations of the love in my life so i think just reading this one passage was just like oh my gosh that's exactly what i feel right now and also forced me into like a small epiphany of things that i don't think i would have come to sooner
0: so has it like changed the way that you're taking inventory like of love in your oh, life like this book and this absolutely passage?
3: yeah mm. i feel like i i know people say to like romanticize your life and usually i take issue with that because i'm like you don't have to romanticize everything. Things can be shit when you want them to be shit. Like it does not have to be good all the time. But I think being able to like find all the love in your life is one of the like most unifying forces. Especially in your 20s because it's when you're coming to the realization that like this whole like life thing does not stop and uh you just have to like keep going. So if you can't focus on the love now and like appreciate its beauty now, you will probably appreciate it later but i just think it can be a very powerful force
0: for when you don't really know what you're doing with your life Mm -hmm. okay and then this was a book that you had me read and you had some of our other friends read because it was so profound for you Mm -hmm. and another thing i've been thinking about is just the way that we can foster intimacy with people that we love um through the words of other people like how other people's words can somehow be like a vessel for intimacy in our own lives do you have any like thoughts on that or like what compelled you to have this book um be that like point of connection between you and like so many other loved ones in your life um well
3: i gave i i annotated this book because It was just, there was a lot of passages that were resonating with me. And then I made our friend annotate it, and then you annotated it. And I just feel like being able to go back and see what parts we all, three of us, liked, or the parts that you liked, or the parts that they liked, or the parts that I liked, is just very, like, representative of who we are and where we all converge, but also where we also diverge. Mm. It's just also crazy to read something by this person who's already in their 30s and she's describing what things were like when she was our age and we're like so true like Mm -hmm. she's going through the exact same things as us and it also just that sounds like a cliche but it's like the universality of the human experience is ever present and just because things are drastically different for a lot of people doesn't actually mean it's that different because we're all kind of the same
0: Thank you for joining me for this episode of Soul Soup. I'll be back in two weeks, and until then, I hope you feed your soul.